smells like football, baby. <laughs> What up, people? Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. It is a Wednesday evening, June the 2nd, as we record this, dropping on Thursday on the Dynasty War Zone, wherever you're listening to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. And with me, as always, the excellence of execution. It's Jake. Rip your heart out. Jake Rip. What up, Jake? What's going on, man? Good to be back. Good to be back from a nice, uh, nice vacation there. A couple days off, but ready to get back in the saddle. Yeah, bro. We uh, and if you follow us on Twitter, then you were more than aware that uh, we bumped this show to a little bit later in the week. So you got to be following us again. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Monte. You can follow Jake at Jake Takes FF. Coming off Memorial Day weekend, how was your extended holiday? Did did you get to enjoy it? It was fantastic. I mean, I didn't do a whole lot that I wouldn't do. Uh, on a regular weekend, you know, there's some more food, families around, but man, I'm couch chilling. That's that's the life I live. Sneak a couple mocks in when no one's looking, you know. Uh, I like I like your style. <laughs> I'm messing around on Twitter, and while we're giving out Twitter shoutouts here, uh, you you all remember Doctor Kyle Balzer? Uh, oh, yeah. He was on with me about a month ago. I'm trying to get his Twitter handle here, but my uh, my thing's all screwed up. But I'll get to it here in a little bit. But I have the original tweet here that I wanted to read live on the show because I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was good discussion. It's actually a quoted tweet from Dynasty Nerds, but they said, "You get so you get an offer, okay? You get ten carries from the one yard line." Kyle, I'm saying you yourself, me. You get ten <laughs> carries in an NFL game from the one yard line. If you score the touchdown, you get one million dollars every month for life. But if you don't, you die. <laughs> this sounds horrible. So you're like, saying you're not taking that offer then? I so if I is this and I'm going up against like a real NFL team like they're yeah, literally and, and I think Kyle Balzer's um his reaction was something along the lines of do I get to choose my offensive line? Yeah, uh, exactly. That's, that's what I was thinking. That's a big variable. That's what so, I was thinking. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You can choose your offensive line. You can't choose the defensive line. That's going to be ra- randomized. But you're strapping on the pads. Here's your helmet, Kyle. Month eight. You going to go no. for it? No chance no. in hell. No, I am Dude, I too, know, too too small, too slow, too fat. Like <laughs> it's the op. It's the opposite, man. Like when D Rose back in the day uh, was on the Bulls, every time he'd go up and make a dunk. I, I think I can't remember if it was Stacey King or whoever's like uh, too big, too strong, too fast. Right? That was on the opposite. Too small, too too slow, too fat. That is that is not what you want in your backfield. And the and it's hilarious that he sent that out because. I just saw a tweet from it was probably honestly I should they should be giving me money. The CBS Pick Six uh, Twitter feed is awesome. Uh, great, good podcast and everything. Good guys over there. I enjoy. It. I do check that out. If you're just looking for NFL content, but their tw- the social media game is strong as hell. And they posted this video of a like a two second clip about it was like a Chargers Ravens game from like ten years ago or more had to be. And they showed that it was like second and short. At the end of the game, they hand it off, and Ray Lewis just came flying through the gap and blew this guy straight to hell. Like that's, seven that's yards you, in the back, you, you on the one yard line, with, <laughs> trying without your million dollars. No, like if if this was like middle of the field, and they put me in to get one yard randomly in the middle of the game, like yeah, probably. And, but and the defense is lined up like in a, some sort of dime formation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like I feel like I could at least 
crawl my way to like a yard but on the goal line and everyone knows i'm i'm coming <laughs> as a no no way in hell i am not going anywhere i will get blasted and i wonder if you lose yardage that would be another thing if, oh. if you lose yardage i'm out because i'm gonna yeah, get yeah, blown no. up minus five yards on the first play and then i'm really sweating i'm gonna be like damn and then nine more carries i'm gonna die <laughs> Yeah, there's there's no chance. Plus, I'd be gassed by like the third yeah. carry. So there's there's no way. Like I, you know, it, it would. Yeah. Now, like it would be more interesting. If, like I could be the QB. Like could I QB sneak it? I mean, I like wildcat formation or something. I would like but, my like, odds better if I at least had the ball right away. If I was the center, <laughs> I'd like my odds better. Just grab it and go. Yeah, exactly. Something. But that that's pretty funny, man. Oh man, that's. That's good stuff. That's the type of stuff you can expect from all of the the cast of characters at the Warzone Network. Um, speaking of, we we took we took Monday night off, so we're still at you this week. Didn't we didn't want to leave you hanging? Memphis and the rest of the guys have been killing it as of late. Uh, per usual, last week they had Ryan McDowell on, which I mean, heavy hitter galore. As they they were rolling their their series that they they did take the break off for this week, um, but they're going to be killing it on the war zone every Wednesday per usual. You guys know where it's at. Uh, Memphis was hanging with the Aussie guys uh, on Sunday night. So that pod dropped earlier this week and the war zone was obviously dropped yesterday talking some dynasty trades as they took that one week break from their, their series. So um, plenty of content here still obvious, you know, for you guys every single week. So stay subscribed, check out YouTube, hit that subscribe button over there as well. Right before we went live on here, I saw we're up to, 195 subscribers on the Warzone YouTube channel. That's pretty good. Let's get to 200. Yeah, let's go. You guys are awesome. I went to, uh, I was checking uh, Apple Podcasts out the other day too, a couple weeks back. Saw we were at like 198 reviews. Was up going, like I made a mental note. I'm like, bring it up on the SmackDown. We want that 200. And then Memphis and Jerry laid it down on their show. Jerry said he was going to eat an olive or something. And holy shit, apparently that's the code for getting reviews because now we're up to like 207 or whatever. So leave it to those guys. But uh, yeah, man, we're, we're having a ton of fun here on the Warzone Network. Stay subscribed. Stay tuned in. We got you covered all summer long. Jake and I are going to be rolling the SmackDown every single week, uh, usually on Monday nights. But again, if you're subscribed on YouTube, you can come watch with us. Uh, quick note. So I wanted wanted your quick thoughts on this, Jake, because this these things have been coming up in some league meetings of the minds as we're getting closer to the start of the season uh we've had some i've had some dynasty league discussions about this uh what's your what was your initial thoughts on how fantasy uh league should be handling this extra week of the regular season now we got instead of 17 weeks and 16 games right we're gonna have 18 weeks with 17 games so um, and the trick is the NFL did us a huge favor, not really, by putting bye weeks into week 14. So have you had any league discussions about how, when you're going to have championships, how you're going to be dealing with that? No, unfortunately, in a lot of the leagues I run in, we're going to wait until like uh, two minutes before pick one <laughs> goes on the clock. And then we're going to be like, all right, everyone, put your hands up if you're in favor of this. Uh, yes. Man, I, I don't com- I don't commish a lot of leagues. Um, I haven't put a ton of thought into it, but mm-hmm. What are, what are the what are even the implications as far as playoffs? I mean, are you ta- are you debating adding another playoff week or just adding another regular season week? Is that the yeah? Ri- originally, my thought, and I, we've had some, I had some discussions. It was probably in the Patreon too, um, but uh, with just some other leagues and stuff. And like, I originally thought it'd be a good idea, and I think Jerry mentioned on this show a while back. 
the idea of like, you know, I don't really like two week playoffs for every round. Cause I think it just, you know, I like the fact it's like winner go home, you know, oh, yeah. pressure's on a little bit, but originally when they rolled this out, I was kind of like, well, I, I think I'd kind of like to use week 14, either leave it the way it is and see how this works out, you know, to, you know, instead of just ending the fantasy season one week before the NFL season ending, but we ending it two weeks before, and then we'll just see like how many players are resting and all that. That uh, and then my other thought was, well, what what about doing two round two weeks for the first round only? So do 14, 15 as round one, and then sixteen would be the semis. Week seventeen would be your finals, with week eighteen obviously being off because we expect players to rest per usual. But then the NFL threw multiple teams on by <laughs> in week fourteen. Oh. So, yeah, and I like that theory you were pitching too, because it makes it less likely that, that a team just kind of sneaks into the playoffs and gets lucky on that first week and yeah. uh, cashes in on a championship. I mean, listen, I've been that guy before, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no shame in those championships. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. banner, those banners hang just as well as those ones from yeah. the one seed, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> They will continue to fly. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I one more one to bring that up uh, for those of you that are in leagues and maybe haven't had that discussion yet. Definitely decide what you, how you guys want to handle it. It's different. It is a change that we're all going to be facing this year. But I think with the NFL putting bye weeks in week 14, you almost have to just play the regular season through week 14 in some capacity. Um, you know, it kind of sinks because I was kind of hoping we could get a little bit more creative with it uh, because I mean, by week, that final week, week 14, I mean, I don't know how many playoff spots are still up for grabs, but um, definitely want to have those discussions. And the last thing, and the other reason I wanted to bring it, um, some that up was just on the topic for commissioners out there. Saw today on the Twitterverse that the NFL is looking to maintain their adjusted IR protocols that they had last year. So to recap for you guys that may or may not be familiar with this, prior to last season, if you were on IR, the NFL's kind of had this back and forth about a guy can come if he's on IR, you can bring him back. You can only bring one guy back or you can bring multiple guys, but it's a minimum of eight weeks. And that kind of, it was kind of a moot point for fantasy owners really. But last year um, they instituted this where players or where teams could put a player on injured reserve and they had to stay on the injured reserve for three weeks, but then they could bring them back and there was no limit to how many players you could do this with. It was really helpful from a fancy perspective because if a guy had a high ankle sprain, right? If he was put on IR, you knew, okay, for sure it's three, it's three weeks. I'm without him. Like they can't bring him back, you know. So that from that perspective, it it was great, I thought, for fantasy purposes. You kind of had a clearer picture of when these guys could or wouldn't be back. But the other thing it helped was I I don't know, and Jake, you can speak to how many of your leagues do this, but like I'm playing a shit ton of leagues, but I have leagues that you can put a player in the IR slot in fantasy if he's out. You can put him in there if he's doubtful. You can put him if there's if he's been on if he's actually on the IR. Um, but I also play in some leagues that the guy has to be on IR for him to be eligible to put there. And now with these new rules, like it definitely kind of changes the game a little bit. And I think you can, you know, lean towards that 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 rule that he has to be on IR if you want, just because now these guys are actually going to have to be forced to be out for three weeks, but could come back. Um, any, any thoughts or feelings on that? I know I commission a lot of leagues, so I care about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can tell you're very passionate about it, but it sounded like you were in favor of like the, if the player is listed as doubtful or, um, I can't remember the other, whatever well, you're out. Yeah. Even out. I could, yeah. I I'm fine without being an IR designation. Obviously IR is an IR designation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I love doubtful being <laughs> able to be put into an IR spot. I yeah. mean, I could, I mean, if you're labeled as doubtful now in 2021, you're pretty much not playing, right? I mean, unless <laughs> there's some freak circumstances, but yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I guess that's where I stand on that. Yeah, I, I've traditionally been somebody like, hey, and whatever the rules are, exploit the living crap out of them. Like, if sure. I've, been, I've played in leagues where, like, if I can throw a guy there who's suspended, I'm putting him there until someone tells me I can't. Oh, I don't care. That's the worst. That is, don't, yeah. So the doubtful thing is one thing, but, yeah, if the player's suspended, you can put him on your IR. Oh, my. That's like a dream for Antonio Brown owners. Exactly. So, like, uh, but with this new rule, I actually do really, I, again, I really like this for fantasy. You're going to have a clear picture, I think, when guys are going to be, you know, out through you know for how long or you know you kind of plan ahead it's you know less this week to week thing unless your name's joe mixon uh sob um but uh i think i think with uh with this you could definitely i think this opens the door now especially for redraft of course like if a guy's on ir now you can make those ir slots ir only um and i think it brings a little bit more fairness you know if you want to avoid that little extra uh advantage that some owners take you know you know totally exploit I will definitely do that if it's allowed, but um, just 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 some thoughts. So anyway, enough of this. We've talked a lot about some random crap. Uh, the whole point of today's show, we're going to be kicking off uh, some draft strategies we're going to be talking about, diving into through the month of June. Buried the hell out of that lead. Um, great hosting work by me. Don't worry, Jake. We'll be back here with the rants next week. We're ta- we're going to talk uh, just the magic button word every year, the debate of zero RB. So scary as hell. And then you have, you know, obviously last the last year or two, the robust running back strategy has been, uh, you know, as it's been dubbed, has kind of been the king as of late. We did a mock draft last week. If you kind of want to hear just our uh, fresh takes on, you know, how this 2021 redraft season could shake out for you guys as we approach August. But Jake, what's your, you know, I guess for the people, you know, how, what, what, what do you describe as zero RB? What has your experience been with it? And, you know, why don't we just start with that? My definition of zero RB has gotten pretty extreme because back in the day and even even still now, people talk about doing zero RB and then you'll look at their roster and it's like kind of zero RB, but they have Saquon Barkley. You know what I mean? Like they take Saquon Barkley in the first round and then they don't draft another guy until Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams and the double digits or not double digits, however lower they're they're falling now. But Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's kind of where where I'm thinking, though, with uh, with. zero RB now is that like Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon range of players, uh, the Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs area. Basically you're out of starting running backs. Maybe uh, Michael Carter, whose name's coming up now is remaining. But uh, once all the starting RBs are gone, the, the workhorse running backs, the guys who are going to command the majority of their carries, the guys who are going to catch passes, uh, once those guys are all wiped out and you're left with the the committee backs and there's a lot of them this year i think that's where you start dancing with okay this is looking this is shaping up like a zero rb roster you ever you ever dance around with zero rb yeah I, i've definitely been you know because i and i'm usually especially in in redraft leagues like i don't give a shit what the, like the like the hot thing is like i've always been like you know, I want as many running backs as I can, you know, now over the years, now that PPR has become more and more prevalent, that's a little bit, you know, I used to start every single one of my drafts, three running backs, screw everything else. I don't really care. I'm taking three running backs. I, as PPR became more and more prevalent, obviously you have to divert from that a little bit here and there, depending on what the talent pool looks like on a given year. But when the recent, when, you know, when this originally came out the first time I heard about it was five, six years ago, I'm sure it's been a long round longer than that. Um, and I'm not trying to give credit to who invented it who i don't really care um but the the idea for me is always after i was looking into it is you have to wait at least at earliest round five is when you can take your running back and this true zero rb 
usually around six, sometimes later. Kyle, are you saying you invented zero RB? I did not. That's just what the research has told me from other people smarter than me that have said, this is what zero RB is. The definition is round five or six or later. Um, so I, I get that. And that, that, that makes more sense. Um, the, the other thing that's come up in more recent years too, is kind of that strategy on to how you first laid it out is, yeah, you have, you don't have any, you don't have a lot of high end running backs, but you have Saquon, right. And then you, and then you kind of wait. Um, I've heard this called many different things, but it's pretty much, uh, like it's called anchor zero RB. So you have like an anchor running back. So you have I'll one. Be honest, I don't hate that strategy at <laughs> I, all. I, I do that a lot. I mean, you, cause in the first round, that's, that's the way it's going to go. Whether it's super flex, one quarterback running backs are going to pour off the board in the, in the first two rounds, you get that mm-hmm. one guy and then just hammer wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. I like a lot of those rosters when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas when you go full zero RB, no matter how epic those receivers look, and they'll be epic, and you can get a couple of nice quarterbacks and an awesome tight end, still at the end of the day when you're looking at it, and you're like, ah, my RB1's Raheem Mostert shit. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's risky. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it, it, when it works, it's kind of like, a, I don't want to say an unstoppable strategy, but when it works, it works. Like, and last year it was kind of by accident. This example I'm going to use, but James Robinson was kind of the perfect like zero RB guy. The news of him taking over the Jacksonville backfield kind of broke out. Actually, after a lot of people already drafted, and um, and and just just a week or two before others drafted, and uh, he was buried lower on on the uh, on people's rankings, and ended up being a freaking stud. Yeah, I mean. You know? it- when you look back last year, Robinson is a great example of that clearly he was free. He was everywhere. Even after Fournette got cut late, you know, in August, you know, Robinson was still borderline drafted. But you look at some of the guys last year that kind of went in the middle late rounds. If you remember back, Dave, uh, David Montgomery had a preseason injury. There were some question marks with him. So he was a guy that you kind of get a little bit later. Um, the uh, sorry, the other ones that I had pulled up here, like Miles Gaskin was a late season guy. Obviously, like Mike Davis was a guy that you picked up That's- off the wire. That's the thing. Like these, these players exist, and they it happens every single year. So it's maybe not the worst thing to go out there. And you, I mean, it, it's a, it, dude, it's a gamble. It's it's risky, but you can go out there and have this most sick wide wide receiver core and two quarterbacks that cannot fail. And then all you need to do is get lucky on one running back. I mean, even if you take, you you have a couple committees. You know, you can go out there and draft Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. One of them gets hurt in week two. I mean, there's your golden ticket right there. There's your James Robinson of the year. Maybe uh, you know, on the other side of the or of the same backfield, Travis Etienne. Maybe he's that guy this year. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, I, I, I you know I, I never do it in in high stakes leagues or any league that I'm really serious in because it, <laughs> look, dude, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be very black and white, very uh, very transparent here, but. Um, it just, at the end of the day, I like what you said before when, you know, you said, I used to go in and just say three running backs right off the board. I'm still super comfortable doing that, but yeah, there are scenarios. I'm just saying, uh, you know, you're picking first overall in a super flex league. You take Pat Mahomes, right? Sure. That I don't think anyone would argue that being a fine pick all the running backs go, it comes back to you. Who's left in two rounds. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, things are getting a little shaky. But the wide receivers at that point, we've got new Copkins still available. Uh, Stephon Diggs is still there. Mm-hmm. Who knows who could have fallen because everyone else is taking quarterbacks and running back. <laughs> yeah. I just have a difficult time sometimes passing up those guys that are going to be absolute PPR monsters. You know, 
250 combined receptions out of two players right there at the turn, you know, and, and instead taking DeAndre Swift or whoever's yeah. available at that spot, not to throw shade at DeAndre Swift. But. No, but I, I think what you're, I think you're spot on too. And the thing that made this strategy the most interesting when it first kind of came onto the scene was this is it. It's, I think it's the result of two things. One is the, that the, and the, and everyone's been saying this for a million years, but the bell cow running backs dead, you know, separate of Derrick Henry. Yeah. You don't really see these guys getting 300, you know, carries anymore. Right. Yeah. And so that in combination with the fact that more and more and more and more leagues are full PPR, those two factors are just driving that running back value further and further down. So that it's making that class of those elite running backs very small, you know, and when you look at it, we, we did the mock draft last week. There were plenty of running backs. I really liked in round three. Um, I have some ADP up. I'll kind of reference here and there. And we're actually going to, we're going to test out this theory in a mock draft here. Uh, in just a little bit too, to see how this kind of shakes out, what our team looks like going, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting on, on running backs. But right now, round three running backs, uh, Miles, this is from Sleeper, uh, and this is redraft, right, ADP. So take it for what it's worth. This is, it's uh, beginning of June. Uh, Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, uh, Najee Harris, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. These are all round three running backs. Like, I don't, I don't, uh, Josh Jacobs? That's what it says. Again, I don't really think that's how that's going to shake out. I think he's going to fall into the next round, which is at this point, round four is only ADP Chris Carson and Travis Etienne. I think the names, that, the names that you said were they in order? Yes, they are on sleeper. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, folks. So, if you yeah. think that Josh Jacobs is going to get taken before Najee Harris no. this this summer, is it not happening? No chance. But that gives you an idea of like who's sitting there right in round three. Like I like those names, but the receivers that are there, like. In a, in a vacuum, if I'm staring down those types of guys, whether it be round two, round three, and I'm and I'm looking at you know AJ Brown, if I'm looking at DK Metcalf, like those players are better. It's just what you're generally giving up. Then at that point is like okay, you know now I got to find my re- running backs later, and we'll kind of see some of the names that we're gonna have on the board when we get to this mock draft. But um, you you asked have I dabbled in this before? It's very similar to kind of what you said. Like it's out of my comfort zone for for sure. And last year I had one league. I do a million. You think I would be able to sacrifice more than one league to this strategy? But last year, out of twenty freaking leagues, um, and about seven or eight of them were redraft. So take that too. Like you know, I did one where I was like, I'm going to go into this. It was uh, so the league type. It was full PPR. Don't know how I got into that, but whatever. Uh, full. P- it was full PPR. Start three wide receivers, two flexes. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try with I, my pick was, I think seven or eight. So I was outside of that, like the elite guys. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. So I ended up going, uh, I went Adams. And then in round two, I went Kelsey in the middle of round two. And then I went five more wide receivers in a row. So yeah. I went at seven rounds, no running backs. And then I went seven straight running backs. Like I, and I was just throwing darts, right? That, that right there, my friend, that's the definition of zero RB. And I love that, especially on teams like you said, that have multiple flex spots. And you and I just did a league where there was like seven flex spots. Yeah. And if it's PPR, yeah, that's what I'm spending the entire first half of my, of my draft on the elite premier to awesome type wide receivers that are just going to rack up PPR points. Uh, you referenced taking AJ Brown. I mean, w- when you're staring down those players, and another thing, actually, that I don't think that we think about enough when we're drafting is like, and, and depending on if your league is are super active as far as trading goes, but the trading aspect of the whole thing, like 
I mean, just build your team with the best players, you know, or else you, you, you know, and if you end up drafting at the front of the draft, like I said before, it's like you can kind of end up chasing yourself during the draft. So like you take Pat Mahomes and then you come back around and if you get scared now and you're like, oh, now I got to get running backs because everyone else is taking running backs. So now you're taking the the best of or the the best remaining. You're taking the scraps, I guess right. is what I'm trying to get at. Right. So then what's going to happen now? Another 23, 24 picks go come back to you. Your entire league just loaded up on all the best receivers. And you're going to go, oh, no, I need a wide receiver one. And you're going to take the worst of those wide receiver ones. Mm-hmm. And then what's going to happen? It's going to go another 23, 24 picks come back to you uh, and so on and so forth. But um, I, I kind of got derailed there. I got a little hyped up talking about my zero RB strategy. <laughs> it, it's it's definitely in and separate. And the other thing that we haven't even touched on yet, which is clearly another foundation piece of this strategy, is you're banking on the fact that those that you're building a safer foundation for your team when you're taking those wide receivers. The injury risk at wide receiver is is clearly less risky than when you're taking the shot on those running backs early. Um, we've seen all you know almost every running back is going to miss time. You know, uh, rarely do you see a guy withstand 16 games. I mean, we've seen it just when you look at the top of the board right now. These round these are your round one running backs right now today. Sleeper ADP redraft 2021. Christian McCaffrey missed time last year. Dalvin Cook just a walking band aid. Alvin Kamara did he's he's been pretty good over the course of his career, staying healthy. Same with Derrick Henry. Saquon Barkley's coming off an ACL. Jonathan Taylor just only entering his second season, but uh, so so far so good for him. Nick Chubb missed time last season, and Zeke Elliott, who has been the picture of health, um, just get lucky from that standpoint. When you compare all of these names. Um, that's you the know, thing. You're going to go in early on one of these running backs. You kind of have to accept that if the guy is going to be receiving a 70 plus percent opportunity share and a ridiculous snap share, that he's going to be more susceptible to injury than these guys who are available at the end of the draft that are in committee roles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of taking the good with the bad. You love the volume, but it, I mean, the punishment comes with it. Yeah. And, and going back to, to that, when I use this strategy, like I loved how my team looked, man. Like when I left the draft, I was like, I feel like I got enough piece, like enough flyers here, enough scratch offs. I, I should be okay. Um, you know, ultimately, I think, and again, we'll play this out here in just in just a bit with an actual mock draft. But like, my advice probably to anyone that wants to try this out, you know, always try mocking it. You know, see how see how your team shakes out. See what you like. If you have guys that you, you know, come draft season, that if you have guys that you're like, hey, I can, I know I can get this guy. And round seven, and get this guy in round eight, and get this guy in round nine. If I, as long as I'm with like maybe two, two out of those three, I feel comfortable with those guys as my starters, and then kind of you know fill in, you know, get some high upside handcuffs or that type of thing. Um, you know, maybe some PP, you know, some pass catching running backs late. You know, get the Naheem Hines, Tariq Cohen types later. Those guys can kind of anchor it down a little bit as well. You know, if you're good with that, that's totally fine. Take take the shot. You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to win a championship. But I will definitely say in that league, when I went seven rounds, no running backs at all, is that I filled all my flexes. I had I had extra guys. Like I remember I took Tyler Boyd. He was like on the bench. I'm just like, hell, I love this dude, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, on that league, I didn't hit on a single one of those fucking <laughs> as I dropped an F bomb. Sorry, Memphis. I didn't set a single one of those flyers. Like all of them just crumbled to death. And I'm just playing the wire every week. So I, you know, you definitely have to commit to. All right, I have to spend up on some fab, and in those scenarios too, like, and unfortunately, it was definitely the one in hindsight that I should have. But like, you have to kind of commit to spending a little bit of your money early, I think, too, because now you're trying to get one of these guys to be your starter. 
you know, for a longer period of time versus, you know, if you feel like your team's a little bit more secure, you can kind of wait it out, wait for those late, later in the season waiver ads. You know, I took the strat when I did that strategy, I was like, all right, I'm going to pay out for some running backs early, try to get on my team. And I, and I did that with some guy, like I, I got Daryl Henderson, like who was fine for a bit. You know, he's, he was a spot star, but I missed on Mike Davis. I didn't get Robinson. So like I ended up having to make a move to trade for a guy. And what I found was, and that guy was Antonio Gibson. So that was great. But what I found was, was that, um, you know, you having one guy in that running back spot that you can just, you know, set it and forget it made it a lot easier to just know that, all right, every week, I'm going to have to go through figuring out who my RB two is, but um, you know, that that's the only thing, you know, if you can hit on at least one, I still think you're okay. The problem was I need to hit on two and I hit on zero. <laughs> yeah. That's the dangerous side of it. I don't know, yeah. man. I feel like there's a lot of guys out there that, that have, I don't want to say potential to hit because it, it makes it sound like they're like lottery tickets. And I think some of those guys are out there too, but some of these other names out there, like I, I keep coming across Latavius Murray and it's like, you know, it's, you don't want, it's hard to get excited about that. Uh, but I, I did see something recently that came out that said the Saints are trying to pound the rock more. They're trying to run the ball more in 2021. And if there's any truth to that, and it's still early season, preseason uh, uh, hype time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I mean, Latavius Murray, you can do a lot worse than him as your RB too. If they end up running more than they were already, you know, I'm already uh, a bit down on Alvin Kamara. Yes. To say the least. Uh, but guys like that, guys like Tony Pollard. I mean, I mean, you know, it's hard to make a case for him right now, but it's not crazy to think that he sees an expanded role this season. AJ mm-hmm. Dillon without Jamal Williams and Green Bay. Those guys are out there. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like you said, it's just a matter of hitting on those guys and not ending up like you did on that last roster <laughs> where everything just crumbles in front of you. And and the and the other thing to that too on that team that I, how I ended up getting Antonio Gibson was you got to get creative in this. You know how I ended up getting Gibson was I I kept missing on all the freaking running back waiver ads. I couldn't get. I was spent. I putting high bids in, wasn't getting them. I ended up getting Chase Claypool as a as a waiver wire pickup and was able to then flip him. So I still wasn't actually even touching all the guys that I spent those early picks on. So sometimes you just got to get creative from that perspective. But well, that's what I'm saying. And even it doesn't even have to be a waiver ad. I mean, if you're going into the draft and you're going zero RB, then you obviously have this amazing plethora of t- wide receiver talent. Or I mean, you know, you spent those draft picks somewhere. Yeah. So one way or another, if you have like in your situation where you're at the point where Tyler Boyd is your first bench player, then you've got guys, you got value. You can trade that, you know, it's, uh, it's not the end all be all. It's not, you don't just have to find your running back and get lucky on the waiver wire. Uh, This is all assuming you've got a a nice league of people who like to interact and trade, but uh, I've done that once or twice too. find your running back that way. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely mixes it up. It's, it's counterintuitive to today's thinking kind of, because man, everybody is just, pounding like the running back position like crazy and it leaves a ton of value it drifts down there as far as wide receivers and you know so you can kind of zig when everybody else is zagging um here i do want to run through uh one more time here these are the guys that are going in rounds five and six um in adp as of now we don't need to dive into all all of these names or anything but just kind of putting in perspective if you're waiting through the first four rounds and you do not take a running back in round five right now sleeper adp for 2021 redraft, Kareem, this is an order. Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, and Raheem Mostert. That's round five. So right. if, if you say, yeah. if you passed around six, you're staring down these gentlemen. James Conner, David Johnson, Chase Edmonds, Ronald Jones, David Montgomery, 
and James Robinson. Now, Montgomery kind of jumps out to me as somebody that I think might creep up into round five. I'm a, li- I'm a little unsure why he's that low. I am down on him compared to last year, but not that actually that's, that that's, puts him at 29, I think. That's two down for 30, Yeah, he's at 30. Yeah. I finished so. his RB6 last year. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, Montgomery's kind of the one that definitely jumps out to me. Like, eh, I bet he's more in that Carson ETN territory when draft season rolls around. But those are kind of the names you're staring at. And that's in round five or six. And if you're not comfortable with one of those guys as your starter, it ain't going to get any prettier from there. So, just kind of keep that in perspective. You know, ADP is a really useful tool just to kind of map out what might be on the board when you're looking there. So did any of those names jump out to you or either, or are you just ready to roll in his mock draft? I'm ready to roll into it. We can touch on some of these names in the draft, but I mean, just to, just to reiterate again, it's just, it's a, it's a risky play you're going with here. You're hoping that you snag one of these guys and they end up again. I, I don't want, I keep wanting to use the term, like hit a home run, like you're swinging for the fences, but I mean, just finding someone who's serviceable for that RB one RB two slot. And then, I'm filling up those flex spots with wide receivers. If this is the strategy we're going with, then uh, then so be it. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll and we're gonna see how this plays out right now. So we did a full mock draft last week. Jake and I had our own teams. We went through it. You know, we did some rankings recaps uh, in May after the you know post NFL draft 2020 rank rankings update. Then we did uh, a mock draft last week with you know us owning our own teams, just going in with whatever strategy. We prefer it. So if you missed that, you want a full mock draft, go check out last week's show. Today, we're just using this mock draft as a tool just to see how this plays out a bit. Um, so we're not going to really touch on any other players, just what's staring us down round to round. But we're going to try zero RB. So we're going to try to commit to that. We're picking from the eighth slot here. If you watch it on YouTube, the draft board is going to be up here. Uh, I'm going to see if I can make this a little bigger. There we go. Uh, so, Jake, I will help you out here as far as who's on the board and everything. Because uh, we're going to share this team and make this make these selections together to see how this one pans out. So we're going to fly through this a bit. So hopefully this works because I didn't 100% test everything here. But uh, if memory serves me right, this should start rolling. There it goes. Uh, so we are picking from the eighth slot. Yep. And imagine that. Look at this draft go, folks. McCaffrey, <laughs> Barkley, Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Devontae Adams, and then we're on the board. So just every running back in the league has gone. And we're at pick... <laughs> Pick eight. Yeah, so we're ignoring running backs. We're not going to go. We're not even going to go anchor here. We're just going to say, see your running backs. We'll catch you in five, six rounds here. So at the top of the board, then Devontae Adams was the only non-running back to go here. So we're staring down, according to Sleeper, ranking right now, Tyree Kill, Hopkins, Diggs, uh, or Travis Kelsey's probably it. So which, which route do you want to go here to get us started? I mean, I, I'm comfortable. I like a receiver right here. I mean, are you taking Tyree Kill over Travis Kelsey? If, you know, if, if You've got the choice between the two. Um, uh, actually, I took Kelsey last week. I think I got him in round two. Um, I would still go Tyree Kill, but he's the only re- him and Adams are the only receivers I'm going over Travis Kelsey as of right now because um, I just think he's that big of a difference maker at the position. So I, w- I would still go Tyree Kill here. You want to go receiver? I want to go receiver just because I, I bet you Kelsey makes it back in the second. Okay, cool. So we're gonna go. We're just gonna go Tyree Kill here. That's our first round pick. Uh, shorter turn coming back to us around two more running backs off the board. Uh, there's it's coming back another running backs. We got four running backs. Kelsey went off the board before our pick here. Man, I, I messed the up the entire team. There goes Travis Kelsey. <laughs> At least we can still get Kyle Pitts. <laughs> oh man, his and we'll talk about this. His ADP right now is insanity, even in redraft leagues. But that's another discussion for another day. 
So we're sitting here around two. Obviously, we just took Tyree Kill. Mm -hmm. um, Kelsey is off the board here. We're ignoring running back for the zero RB strategy. Is so this, is this draft uh, assuming Superflex or sorry, sorry. So one QB. So okay. I was gonna say uh, there's no quarterbacks taking. I guess it would be if it's if it's Superflex. These are some bad drafters. Yeah. So we are doing this just uh, similar to what we did last week. So one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and two flex spots. Uh, and then what we got here, seven bench spots as well. So we're going to go, uh, 15 rounds. That's math for you guys. So, man, so uh, <laughs> the, fourth, the fourth pick in the second round, Cam Akers, again, just going to show you the, the value of these running backs. And I, I mean, I, every single pick so far is totally justified. I don't know if this just uses sleeper ADP to make the picks, I guess, for, for mm -hmm. randomization, but. Uh, you're going to see it. It's going to happen in drafts. That Cam Akers pick might be Najee Harris come draft time, but uh, how many running backs are we in now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 running backs off the board. We're less than a round and a half in. Right. And then and talent wise, just straight up, like I, you know, I'd rather have, I mean, maybe just because I'm a little bit further down on Cam Akers, but the other running backs that are available right now, uh, Joe Mixon, Gibson, Swift, uh, Dobbins, like I love the wide receiver talent over all of those guys. It's yeah. just, again, how your team's going to shape up over the course of the draft. So we're staring down AJ Brown, Medcalf, Jefferson, Ridley, or Kittle pretty much, unless we want to go QB in round two, but I think we, we mm -hmm. probably don't want to get that crazy. So, um, who, what are you thinking here? Look, Preference? man, I mean, the first pick, you got this one. White, white socks. <laughs> all right. We're going to go. Justin Jefferson, why not? He's he's my boy this year. He's in my top terrible, five. Terrible. He's pick. coming in. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> we can, what's, yeah. I'm gonna remember not to co-own any damn teams with you this year. That's for sure. <laughs> Tell you, yeah, man, you have all the freedom, make your choice, and then yeah, just berate you afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, yep, they stole AJ Brown right after Justin Jefferson. We yeah. deserve that one. Nope, that's <laughs> I made the right selection there. Um, all right, so we're back in the third oh, round here. Running back, so see, it's already looking scary. Round three, we're talking zero RB being round five, round six plus, uh, and, and round three here. CEH is off the board, Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift. And now, if we're talking DeAndre Swift, we're getting awfully close to uh, RBBC territory already, right? Yeah, we're the guy's still on the board again. This, I think, this will adjust as more ADP comes through and rankings. Harris, Najee Harris is still on the board, he will not be here in round three, uh, come draft season. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is really the uh, the last guy. After that, you know, you do have Chris Carson, who I do like, and Montgomery's in a similar range. But again, we're talking round three here, guys. So then after that, you get the Gaskins, Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt group. So it's going to be pretty scary if we wait at least till round five. Those names aren't even going to be there. So, but we'll now even those names you just referenced, who do we got? Montgomery and eh, Gaskin and eh. I'll be honest, I do kind of like Carson here, and you know. He, he's, I think he, he's a little underrated going into the season, but all in all, like that group of running backs isn't super impressive, but what do we got for receivers right now available? Yeah. So at the receiver position, we still have Terry McLaurin, Chris Godwin, Robert Woods, Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, CD lamb uh, at tight end. Kittle went off the board uh, in round two. So we're staring down Waller uh, or apparently uh, Kyle St. Pitts uh, who can do no wrong. So uh, what, what are you thinking here in round three? I'm thinking a wide receiver again, man. And we're going, I mean, we're going zero RB. We're going zero RB, not wide, yeah. not RB in the third round. No, nope. uh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to call back to Dallas here. I, I think we should get Amari Cooper on this team. All right. Amari Cooper round three. Look at so, that wide receiver three, Amari Cooper. Who wants to play that team on Sunday? <laughs> that sounds pretty damn good to me. I, I could live with that life. <laughs> you care who your running backs are? 
Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, and Amari Cooper. Let's go. Yeah, that's again, that's uh, you are going to be stacked. Just try to, you might need to block out this running back position as we get through here. Round four, Waller went off the board here. So I don't personally, I don't know if I'd be, I'm looking at any of these tight ends now. He would have been in consideration for me at the 405. So early fourth round, obviously, there. So we have two flex spots. So we could go with another wide receiver, some of the names that are still left. Uh, Kenny Galladay, CD Lamb, Robert Woods, DJ Moore, who's pushed down here a bit. Um, any of the the Steelers wide receivers, and then there's only one QB off the board as of right now. That's of course Patrick Mahomes. So we could we could go quarterback here if we want with Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. Those are the names you guys know them. Uh, what what are you thinking here? Do you want to? I mean, do we we can play four wide receivers? So it's not like we're filling bench spots here or anything like that. And there's still some good talent left. Yeah, we can, and I think we should. And for some reason, I don't know why this ADP is all jacked up. Maybe it is just because it's early season, but it's not even like a rookie type thing. But Deontay Johnson is just buried right now, and I don't understand why. This is a guy who is consistently seeing double-digit targets every single week, like without fail, while competing with Juju, while competing with Chase Claypool. Um, And right now, his ADP, I think, was somewhere around 72 I had written down. C.D. Lamb's getting – I mean, look, you know I love C.D. Lamb. (laughs) C.D. Lamb's getting taken 20 picks before Deontay Johnson, and I don't understand why. Um, This is is the spot already where I'd be comfortable taking Deontay Johnson. What do you think? Uh, I still – the guys like Lamb and DJ Moore jump out to me. Are you taking Lamb before Deontay Johnson? Yeah. Yes. comfortably like constantly. yes yes man i don't know i mean what what is it because you hate deontay johnson or is it because you love cd lamb so the before we decided we were going to do this uh discussion which i still think is definitely a good one and worth having because this is the time of year you need to kind of be brainstorming like you know what do i want to try this year what you know what's interesting and this is definitely uh you know the golden ticket hot hot button you know discussion zero rb versus robust rb mm-hmm. But one of the topics that I keep having this this on just off you know off color conversations with people is who the hell is the best wide receiver in Pittsburgh? Like who is it? Like I think Ju- I think I like Juju because I think he you know he has a good he has a good amount of upside and his floor is, is still fine. You know he's back in Pittsburgh. You you know Claypool second year. I think he has a ton of upside. Johnson I think super safe because the targets are nice. But like is his upside a little bit more capped because he wasn't in the end zone as much. So that's my only thing with like the Pittsburgh guys. I just think there's like a lot of, a lot of mouths to feed, you know? So fair enough. Fair enough. What are the other names on this board? You, you talked me into it. I'm flexible. <laughs> I, I, I would personally go uh, DJ Moore here. I think, I think he's I like I think he's now, if, if we hadn't taken Amari Cooper, would you be taking CD lamb here? Uh, probably. Probably. Okay. I was wondering if that might have changed your your perspective on that one, but I yeah. I am totally good with the pick. DJ yeah. Moore is my uh my other man. Hey, look, I'm gonna start a Deontay Johnson uh Deontay Johnson something right now. It's gonna, he's gonna be my new guy on the Dynasty Warzone. I'm putting him on my Twitter banner right between CD Lamb and DJ Moore. Ironically, there you go. Well, and and honestly too, I think if if uh, if Moore wouldn't have been there, I would have gone Lamb like 100 like for sure. Uh, I don't care if we had Cooper, but I think I think more is I have more right there with them. Like I think they're back to back in my ranks. They got to be really damn close. So uh, we're sitting here in round five now. A couple quarterbacks came off the board: Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. Mark Andrews came off the board, so those were kind of the the tight end and uh, quarterbacks that were taken. The running backs that were taken in this round in this quick mock draft we're doing with the zero RB strategy again: Melvin Gordon, 
Robinson and Edmonds came off the board. So we're sitting here at the back half of round five, looking at the running backs on the board, ETN, Mostert. Then you get into just David Johnson, Leonard Fournette. Getting sweaty. Yeah, it's getting it's getting there. Um, the wide receivers that are still available, your boy, Deontay Johnson, is still available. Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins. Uh, I mean, I wonder if uh, – because Jamar Chase has still not been updated and it hasn't moved enough yet. He's oh, still yeah, available. Yeah. Deontay Johnson, actually, or not Deontay Johnson, I'm sorry. I'm See, now I'm all excited about Deontay Johnson. <laughs> Jamar Chase, his sleeper ADP right now is 31st overall. Yeah. Uh, so the, the hype is very real, or so it seems with Jamar Chase, who I believe just today uh, on Wednesday signed with the Bengals. Yeah, he's, he's rich. Yes, he, he's yes, rich. Yes, I'm man. hoping that. that the, leads right, the writing has been on the wall. Yes uh tight ends hawkinson and pitts are still on the board and then the quarterbacks like i said only three off the board so we're looking at lamar dak russ herbert that's what we got so what do you want to do we we want to push it here to round six the running backs we just want to commit go another route here yeah yeah because it would be a freaking crime if you didn't take deontay johnson right here (laughs) i'd be so mad at you all right, we'll go Deontay Johnson. We're going five straight wide receivers to start this draft. See how it shakes. Every single one of these receivers can see a hundred plus. Will see a hundred plus targets. I mean, it's madness for a PPR team. I'm, I'm telling you, if I was going against this team on Sunday, I'm not even looking at the running back slot. Like <laughs> if, if they're if whoever they have in, as running back one and running back two is getting, you know, five to. 10 carries a game like i'm concerned and actually something we didn't talk about much kyle with the uh our zero rb strategy is these these like ppr monster guys like the naeem hines or like james white of james white passed mm-hmm. if you're playing in a ppr league and you can sneak these guys in at the end of the draft because no one wants them because they don't get any carries but they're active in the passing game jd mckissick of last season mm-hmm. um yep. I mean, if they're catching seven balls, you've got seven points right off the right off the bat. I'm not, I'm not trying to dumb it down for the listeners or anything, but uh, another way to look at it: if you're going zero RB, you don't have to shoot for the moon with a guy that you hope is gonna or you hope that his counterpart, his his committee member gets injured. You don't have to hope that the rookie breaks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just just another uh, perspective on zero RB. Yeah, and I think that's like we talked about before, like the anchor zero RB, like. You know, when you have Saquon or Cook or Taylor, like if you go around one running back and then you, you know, you lead, you know, you go heavy the rest of the way, you know, and wait to the later rounds, you know, that's definitely a strategy again where you can kind of set and forget one spot, but you can kind of, you know, anchor lights. I don't, I don't know, like, it, like with one of those guys where it's like, okay, I can start my PPR specialist yeah. running back every week. And then you kind of have your touchdown or bust type guy, you know, whether it be Latavius Murray or Gus Edwards or, you know, somebody like that, you know, that that feels a lot more comfortable than like how I got stuck last year in that other, that league I kept referencing that I went extreme zero RB. Uh, you know, I ended up with like Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson, right? Like for a while there. And it was just like, Oh God, like fall in the end zone, please. Because you're literally going to get me five points otherwise. So, um, and if I'm lucky, you know, type of thing. So you need, uh, you, those pass catchers are a great way to, to offset the fact that you didn't get a high workload running back. Otherwise, um, your league mates will be, your league mates will be pissed when you're playing against them and they start, you know, Joe Mixon and he ends up going out there and he rushes for 60 yards and catches two passes for 10 yards. And then you have, uh, 
Yeah, well, I guess what I said, the absolute worst. Like last year, I was like, anytime I saw somebody start McKissick, I'm like, F you, dude. Like, yeah, what the yeah. hell? Like, I hate just, you. Just 12 passes or something. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. And he like for 40, like for 40 yards. I'm like, yeah, this is why PPR <laughs> is trash. But uh, that, that is how you execute zero RB. <laughs> yes. So we're we're in round six now. I think we now are. This is true. Like there were a couple names I liked at the running back position that are now gone. Like or maybe yeah, one, I guess. We screwed the pooch there. The ship has sailed. Yeah, it's 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 definitely. Uh, we're staring down some ugly names. There is one that I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure we'll be here or not. And that's Mike Davis. His his uh, auto draft status is, I don't think is up to what we will see in August. Um, if he is a round six running back, he will. That would be the most glorious RB one for a zero RB squad to get him in round six because I think he's gonna have a pretty nice start to the season yeah, for we've sure. Already, we've already seen Josh Jacobs go, Chase Edmonds go, mm-hmm. Etn, David Johnson. I gotta believe by that time that the hype will catch up and. People yeah. will understand what I've been talking about here with Mike Mike Davis. The the thing that really that's I was hoping for was that maybe Hawkinson would make it to us if we wanted to just like kick running back down again. But like Lamar and Dak came off the board on this turn too. So now we're looking at we still got Herbert and Wilson, you know, kind of at the top of the board, you know, of those quarterbacks. Um, tight ends, the best ones are Goddard and Fant. Pitts is still available. Um Again, I don't think he'll be here on draft day either. But at the running back position, we're looking at Raheem Mostert, Ronald Jones, Damian Harris, Mike Davis, Leonard Fournette, James Conner. Um, so, <laughs> so this, yeah, this is where you can really end up digging yourself into a hole because what I was talking about before with you know the zero RB strategy and why it might be so tempting is because you're looking you're looking down the barrel of AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, as opposed to taking Cam Akers or Clyde Edwards-Helaire. And now when it's like, you know, watered down to the point where we're talking about taking uh, the running backs that you just listed off versus even the, you know, the quarterbacks, your name, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I, of course I'd rather have Justin Herbert than the, mm-hmm. the remaining, than take a shot on Ronald Jones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like, how, how much longer do you think you can go before it's like, I am in serious trouble. <laughs> Uh, we, I know we still have Michael Carter out there. I don't know yeah. how long he's going to last once the you know the once hype really starts to take off because already just today there was some report that came out uh, this some New York Jets beat reporter saying that he could he could be or he could take over the RB one slot. I'm almost positive that's how they worded it, which I thought yeah. was hilarious because it was like, who's the RB one now? <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. he taking this from? Because it's yeah. it's got to be exactly. no one there at the moment. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. What do you think? I'm curious to get your thoughts. Yeah. So the, the other thing to consider too, when you're looking at these decisions that I try really hard on draft day, you know what, especially when you know your slot, like keeping in mind, there's certain, you know, certain tricks that I'm always trying to uh, make note of. And just so that I can better, you know, have a better feel for how the draft might come back to me in the next round with this, not only is it round six, we have the long turn. Um, coming coming up so it's definitely you know if it was going the other way you know you only have eight players uh after you you know until it gets back you know if there's a guy that you're like ah maybe there's like two guys that maybe i like hopefully one of those makes it back to me in this case it's going to be even more unlikely um you know so i i don't love what's on the board obviously at running back i feel like when you look at the receivers and this is why generally i'm not going zero rb because these are guys that i'm comfortable with as wide receiver two you know you still got 
uh, Jamar Chase on the board, Higgins, Sutton, Claypool, Juju. I mean, it, it's it's stacked at the at the wide receiver position it's, here in round six. This would be the case against zero. Yes, loss. exactly. Where like, we're sitting right now. The exactly. I mean, that's and, but that's why we do this is to yeah. see. So, do you want to do you want to wait on running back one more round, or do you? I mean, we might as well. Are you concerned someone's going to take Ronald Jones? You got to have Ronald Jones. <laughs> if if I'm yeah, there's not one guy like Mike Davis is the one guy right now that I sure. would say. In, no. in the scenario that Mike Davis actually fell to this spot, I don't anticipate that yeah. happening coming draft season. But if Correct. Mike Davis is on the board right here, if David Montgomery fell here, we were talking about him before slipping a little bit down in ADP. I'm pretty mm-hmm. much taking anyone who's who's getting carries in their backfield regularly. Yeah. Or a guy who's not in a serious committee role. Yeah. So let let's pretend that Mike Davis is not on the board here. Let's just let's let's pretend that Mike Davis went two picks ahead of us where David Johnson was taken. Cause I think that's more likely that it, I, I feel pretty confident that Mike Davis's ADP is going to be ahead of David Johnson um, come August. So let's let's pretend that happens. So let's say Davis is on the board. I, there's not another running back that I'm in love with here. I could probably again wait and get if you know if if Fournette fell to us, that'd be fine. If James Conner fell to us, I guess I could try to live with that. There is like three more Houston running backs available. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Rex Burkhead, apparently. Yeah. Um, so I'm okay going another route here. I guess it just, do we want to go with six straight wide receivers? Yes, or do we, we do. Do we it. Do? Right. Oh, you know what? I don't know. Justin Herbert's there. Maybe that should be the move. All right, let, let's go. Let's go Herbert. Let's just All do right. that. All right, we'll make, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go that route again. Just kicking running backs down the, down the road here, seeing what our teams look like when they, uh, when they come off here. So as this is playing I mean, out, I mean, we're committed at this point. Kyle. Yes. You know what I'm saying like there's no saving the running back position, so we might as well capitalize on what's what's available. Because again, like I was saying before in the opening of the show, like people don't think about the trading aspect of things. Like, don't look at your draft right here and say, "Oh no, I have to take a running back or I'm screwed." Like, it's, you know, it, what quarterbacks are left right now? Take three more of them. Trade them. <laughs> doesn't have a quarter. Maybe not so much in a one quarterback league, yeah, but that's the be tight tough. ends who are available. I know there's still receivers available. Those guys will have value, especially if they end up popping in the regular season. So, uh, I'll yeah. I'll, uh, I'll I'll lend even this into uh, into my story. I keep bringing up about this when I used it last year. The best part was when I tried it in that league, it was a league that I got invited to. I knew one guy, good dude, you know, but it was just buddies that he worked with, right? So I was like, okay, this is probably a good group to test this out with. Nobody knows me, right? I'm going like incognito in here, like, you know, because uh, usually when I'm drafting, all my buddies know, you know, how I like to draft. They listen, they know where to find my crap. They can find out who I like and all that. So at Kyle month eight. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like kind of hanging out in this draft. I'm like, okay, wide receiver, Travis Kelsey, wide receiver, wide receiver. So then by round four, everyone's like, you don't have a running back yet. And I'm like, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just a, I'm just here to, you know, eat pizza, you know, what is and, a then, running back? and then all of a sudden my buddy's like, Oh, he's a big fantasy football guy. I'm like, ah, damn it. So now it turned into like, Oh, this guy's a brainiac. Right. I'm just like, no, just trying to, you know, so then I almost like had to prove a point. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> F you're running back. Right? Yeah, so I got a little carried away. <laughs> So like that, sometimes you can, you can make go a little bit too far here. We're in round seven. We're staring down at the running back position. Now, Leonard Fournette, James Connor, Kenyon Drake, Javante Williams. uh, He's down here. Trey Sermon is still at Michael Carter. Again, round seven, plenty of wide receivers at tight end. We got Noah Fant, Kyle Pitts. We just took the QB. So we got five wide receivers and Herbert. 
on our team. So do we want to take a running back now as our RB1? I'll be honest. I don't. I mean, and that's not great, but I don't hate the running backs names that you just listed off. Um, if Kenyon Drake ends up getting a bigger role than we expected, I like mm. what, you know, Trey Sermon's kind of a wild card coming out of college. He flashed a little bit at the, uh, in the college football playoffs. Um, a couple of those Houston guys that we don't know, like we joke about this big Houston committee, but who knows who might end up emerging out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a Leonard Fournette fanboy. Yeah. Um, I, I think for the uh, for the sake of what we're doing here today, I'd like to hear the wide receivers. All right, wide receivers. We got uh, still have Jamar Chase again. I think he'll be a bump up a little bit. That's yeah. ridiculous, right? But Jamar Chase is still on the board. Brandon Cooks, uh, Jarvis Landry, your boy, um, Jerry Judy, Corey Davis, Debo Samuel, Tyler Boyd. Is there any tight ends left? Tight ends. Uh, we got Noah Fant, Kyle Pitts. We could go Pitts here. Again, I don't think it's likely he'll be here, but we well, could. You know Why don't you take Pitts or Chase because someone's got to. All right, we'll take Kyle Pitts. We'll just go tight end here. Obviously, you can use a placeholder is, you know, that we just went non-running back again uh, in round seven. So short turn coming back to us here uh, in round eight. Connor came off the board. Uh, four net, two picks before us. So now we're sitting here in round eight uh, with five wide receivers, Herbert and Pitts. So our, our starting lineup, you know, is Phil... Technically, Deontay Johnson's on the pine at the moment. We have no running backs. So, <laughs> Deontay Johnson's on the pine. Yeah, dude. I mean, whatever. That's silly. All right. I think it's time. I say we uh, we start unloading the arsenal. You talked about, I can't even remember if we were uh, if we were live when we were talking about it, but the draft that you said uh, at your last like entire back half of the draft was running backs. I think it's time yep. to start pulling some lottery tickets and see if we can take it. You know, one of these ends up becoming a winner. All right. So, we got, uh, Carter and Sermon, the rookies, and then uh, at the top of the ADP list, Zach Moss, Kenyon Drake, Javante Williams, uh, Dylan, and Pollard. Uh, you know, I think I think I like Javante Williams right there. What do you think? All right, let's do that. Let's just go Williams as our RB one, the rook, coming off the board, uh, and now we got the long turn coming back to round nine here. So uh, it's definitely it's definitely interesting when you're uh, when you're punting this far on running back, but I think we're just going to lottery ticket through. Uh, to get through the rest of this draft. So we'll keep just plugging away to see who's on the board when it gets back to us. So uh, as this gets to us here, we're looking at Naeem Hines, Gus Edwards, uh, Jamal Williams, Trey Sermon. Michael Carter is still available here in round nine. So Yeah, you got to feel like any guy who has a chance to to command carries in his backfield, even if it's in a Jets backfield, is you got you to gotta run away with that pick. I think Michael Carter here. Yep, I agree. So we'll take him. So now we he's our 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 starting two running backs are the rookies in this 2021 redraft zero RV scenario. Javante oh, and, Williams, Michael and, and and teammates in North Carolina. There, there we go. See, we're just we're bringing it all together here. Uh, your boy Latavius Murray goes one pick ahead of us, so we're staring down the barrel now. Uh, Trey Sermon is still available. Philip Lindsay, Gus Edwards. Um, I think Hines came off the board, so that little PPR cheat code is is gone, but Cohen's still there. And so is McKissick for whatever that's worth now in that new look offense. Um, what you thinking here? I think I would, I'm torn between Trey Sermon and Gus Edwards. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I would definitely gone Gus Edwards a week ago, but with, um, what, what the hell? Why am I blanking on his name? Generic running back human name. Uh, <laughs> I don't, oh man, I don't think I can help oh, you. Oh my, Jeff Wilson. Sorry. Um, <laughs> he's out for uh pro- for probably most of the season. So, 
Uh, now Sermon moves up that depth chart due to the injury already. Um, Wait, I think who's, he, that, who's out? Jeff Wilson. What did he go to Baltimore? No, 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 no. In San Francisco, I was talking about the upside of Trey Sermon. I would have oh, gone Gus Edwards. Sorry. Okay, I was gonna say I was all over the place. Continue, my friend. I would have gone Gus Edwards a week ago, but with Jeff Wilson out now in San Francisco, Trey Sermon has a lot more upside to me in this case. He's just got to beat out Raheem Mostert, who has not been the picture of health himself either. So we'll take a little bit of flyer. We got three straight rookie running backs here. We're shooting for the stars a little bit. I, mean, as- I, I like that. At least there's a lot of high upside there. And I mean, I I don't want to say there's like a high floor, but I, I like what Javante Williams brings, even if there is someone already existing in, in Denver. I like the fact that Michael Carter can just take over and be one of the, I mean, he can be this class as James Robinson. I'm sure, I know that's kind of weak to say. I'm sure everyone's been saying that he could end up being this year's James Robinson, but yeah. You, you know, you close your eyes, you can see it happening. Not a lot of competition in, in uh, New York. One spot ahead of us, dang it, the guy I was hoping would fall back down to us was Philip Lindsay. He's a guy that I'm trying to target in some leagues. He's not a he's not a PPR stud, um, despite like the small stature. Everybody just assumes he's a PPR guy. He's not, um, but I do like him in the late in the double digit rounds. Um, yeah, I, I like what we have here so far. We're if we're keep if we're keeping with the running backs. We're looking at now McKissick, James White, Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny, sorry, um, Madison, uh, Mac, Bernard, Gainwell. Boy, I'll be honest. I think you're you might be just phoning it in at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're just we're just throwing darts. It's hoping that one of them sticks. Hoping that the starter gets hurt. Yeah, pretty much. So again, and we're in round eleven. So this is and just for. Uh, just for quick comparison here, we're not going to go wide receiver, but these are the wide receivers that are still on the board. Um, your boy, Antonio Brown, Marvin Jones, Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Beasley, Mims. Those guys are the wide receivers that are available here. So I'd, I, I'd, I'd take Antonio Brown over all of those losers. <laughs> it just... That who are those people? The the courtroom for Antonio Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um do we, do we still want to throw some darts at running back here? Uh you know what? If it's my pick, I'm not I'm not even joking with you. Why is Antonio Brown still on the board? He, right, we'll, we'll just... he was the best wide receiver in the league <laughs> like two years ago. I guess you know Todd Gurley was the best running back in the league like yes. two years ago. We'll uh we'll just take Antonio Brown to make Jake happy. So we'll just uh yeah. we'll just do that. Uh, coming back, I'm gonna go. I'm just go with the hated one. I'll go JD McKissick. It's you know if we're looking PPR, we're we're looking at some running backs that we're not sure what they're gonna be at the beginning of the season, especially when you look at Williams and Sermon. Uh, maybe McKissick can get us going out of the gate, weather the storm, waiting for Javante's uh, audition to end and be handed the reins. A little bit of a uh, Antonio Gibson hype storm today too. Something about Ron Rivera coming out and saying he's going to have a big year or he's going to really come out this year. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but sounds like good things for Antonio Gibson. So I wonder how involved J.D. McKissick stays in that offense. We will see. We got two. We got three more rounds. (laughs) These are the running backs we're staring down. Bernard, Gainwell, uh, P. Ryan. Let me stop you right there. I feel like Kenny Gainwell has a lot of upside. He was one of those guys coming into college, like uh, even before the whole uh, whatever they call it when you say you're not going to play. Before the last, opt out. yes, yes. Before he, <laughs> thanks, man. Before he opted out last season, he was like one of the bigger names in college football. Was one of those premier pass catching running backs. Like we know that's in his arsenal. So 
uh, if he ends up getting more carries than we think in in Philadelphia, he can be relevant this year. I like Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, Boston Scott is still available too. Obviously, we're looking at this from a redraft perspective, so I think they're pretty close, but uh, a little bit more of the unknown with Gainwell in a system that has traditionally used the second running back. Um, as much as we love Miles Sanders, you know he just like most has missed some time, and they've haven't committed to giving him twenty five touches a game. So. You want to go with another rookie? You want to take Gainwell in round thirteen? Yeah, let's shoot for the stars, man. All right, we're gonna we're just loading up on the rookie running backs outside of old JD McKissick on our squad here. So again, zero RB strategy. This is how we're we got two rounds left. We started with five wide receivers, then we went Herbert and Pitts, and then we started in round eight hammering the running backs. We took Antonio. We made an Antonio Brown sandwich, but uh, we have Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Trey Sermon, McKissick, and Gainwell. <laughs> Oh, that's so squad. funny looking at the random Antonio Brown pick in the <laughs> middle of all like the rookie running backs. That's uh, I mean, that I've, that's how I picture Antonio Brown now at this point. Yeah. The guy's insane. Um, so we got, uh, man, that now it's getting really gross. Mark Ingram, uh, P Ryan, Boston Scott, Josh Kelly. Oh boy. Yeah. McFarlane, yeah, Malcolm maybe. Brown, Malcolm Brown in sure. Miami. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to fight you on any pick at this point. All right, we're going to go Malcolm Brown. Okay. I think I think that's it's at least interesting. They brought he's yeah. the only guy they brought in uh, this off season. So and you know he, he was he was kind of a pest in. Uh, oh, he was an absolute. He was an absolute pest, man. I couldn't stand him every single week. I'm like, get him out of the way, and that, he just kept stealing touchdowns. So I know Gaskin was solid at the end of the uh, last season, but they I don't I just don't trust whatever else they have there. Uh, in Miami. So if you're talking round 14, round 15, just to put a bow on this thing, let's go with. Uh, looks like we're not getting Lamar Miller. No. Uh, we could take, uh, we could take uh, Javion Hawkins just to get oh, one more rookie. I like that. Javion Hawkins. He, I think I saw he's like 150 pounds or something. We'll do it. I think I'm only joking a little bit. Like he's a very, very tiny dude. But yeah. He, he's, he's small. He's small depth chart in Atlanta, so it could work out for the young man. So just seeing how this shook out again, just trying to see what our team will look like here with zero RB strategy. We waited until round eight in this draft. Uh, we went Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore. Those guys can all slot into the two wide receiver and the flex spots. Then we took Deontay Johnson on the pine. Herbert and Pitts to round out the starting lineup besides the running backs. Then we went full rookie blast him with Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Trey Sermon, Antonio Brown, J.D. McKissick, and then Gainwell, Malcolm Brown, and Hawkins from the Atlanta Falcons to wrap it up. What's, what's your thoughts, Jake, as we as we did this mock draft here early June with zero RB strategy? It's mostly as I expected. I think it's even scarier if you go into it with a predetermined mindset of, okay, I'm going in and I'm playing zero RB in this draft. Because uh, then you, you you know you, you do exactly what we did here, and I was saying before you get caught up in the early idea of okay, I'm gonna just take all these valuable receivers while everyone else takes the running backs, but then you're kind of caught chasing yourself. You never get the running back you want, and uh, at, at the end of the day, I think you just gotta hope that you can end up trading one of those wide receivers ultimately. Like you said, it seems a little counterproductive, but uh, who knows? Maybe if you're a, if you're a good trader in your league, you can make something happen and get a running back. But when you leave the draft with Javante Williams as your running back one, and like yeah. I said before, this this strategy can be lethal. Like if if Melvin Gordon goes down in week one, we don't know that's going to happen. We wouldn't wish that would happen to to Mister Gordon. Uh, but Javante Williams is all he's a league winner. You know what I'm saying? I, I think mm-hmm. just like that, he's a league winner. 
uh, I think the same thing can be said for a lot of guys that are in committees that are available in those late rounds. So if you hit on one of those guys and you're, you're able to stack your team with all these PPR monsters, I mean, it's certainly doable. It's just not yeah. recommended. Yeah. The tough part here is like, when I look at this, some of the high upside handcuff guys as of right now, you know, and we'll get more news and we'll adapt and everything, but like we didn't necessarily Williams is the one guy and Carter should have a direct path to playing time. And maybe sermon is that guy now with Wilson going down, but like, we didn't get kind of like the Gus Edwards, AJ Dillon. Like those kind of guys are like, man, those are, I feel like those are like slam dunks. Like I feel really, really good about those guys at the starter misses yeah. time. Right. But though AJ Dillon went in round eight, you know, Gus Edwards did make it to round 10, but like, and you know, he had Kenyon Drake kind of same scenario. I think he'll catch some passes, you know, but if, if uh, you know, whenever Josh Jacobs misses time, but he's, he's going in round eight. So just like you really, even when you're paying for these guys in rounds, you know, eight, nine, 10, like it just, it feels like those guys should be way later in the draft, but they're not, you know, it's just because that's what's left at the running back position. If you want to take those shots. So position scarcity, it's, it's definitely interesting. This is not my cup of tea necessarily. We'll see how this plays out. We'll do some more mock drafts over the course of this uh, season. Maybe I'll commit one to like seeing how the anchor strategy works. Cause I wouldn't mind, you know, we could have gone Zeke Elliott with our pick as an example, um, you know, and then if he's RB one, and if we just wait all the way till round eight or nine, and then go Williams, Carter, Sermon, like I feel pretty good about one of those guys, you know, working all, out. All of a sudden, that yo, yeah, I'm way more comfortable with that team at that point. If you add that anchor running back, yeah. Uh, but again, you never know with the game of football. Like we said before, you end up taking one of those anchor running backs. A guy is going to have a tremendous workload. He gets, he ends up getting hurt. Now you're just playing uh, regular zero RB again. Yeah, and I think the I think the one thing the most important thing with that as well I I would all I kind and then maybe that's my and maybe it's more similar to my super flex strategy in a lot of places like I like I don't really need two studs if I have one I feel like I can balance the second one it's kind of similar to that you're treating it that like I'm only playing two running backs I'm I'm gonna get my one and I'll I'll figure it out with the other the other ones you have to draw that line then like where does my anchor tier end like for me Zeke would be in that tier. Nick Chubb would be pretty close. Is Joe Mixon an anchor? Not for me. Like I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like he's Na, just Najee Harris an anchor. He potentially, you know, like he's he's close. I, I put him over Mixon. I don't know, man. Like I only hit that button because I didn't have a boo. I didn't have a nice boo button. It's it's definitely an interesting discussion to have, and uh, but I think it's something you have to consider if anything else, just because everybody else is going robust, robust RB, right? So. Um, we're at an hour 10. Appreciate you guys hanging out, having the discussions. Hit us up on Twitter at Kyle Month 8, at Jake Takes FF. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you've tried this, if you found success with it, what other things might be helpful um, you know, for people to know. We can have love to have some discussion here from uh, some ideas you guys have brought up. Before we end the show, Jake, we're going to do a before and after here because this upcoming Saturday – this might be a reminder for you, but hopefully you're already aware. This upcoming Saturday, you will be participating with myself and some other uh, people from the interwebs I've met through other leagues and Patreon and uh, in your first ever auction. Is that correct? First ever auction. I decided I'm going into it zero preparation. I'm <laughs> just going to go in blindfolded. I'm going to do my very best. And if my team stinks, I'm going to trade my way to a victory. It's gonna. It, oh, I, well, that's. I would want to know how you're feeling. So you're not nervous. You're just going zero prep. So you can't be nervous then, right? No, just just completely just ignorance. 
right. And this is this is the this is the mother of all auctions too. Because we're doing reality sports online, so it is contracts, it is full salary, it's craziness. And I roped Jake into this with a few other buddies, so we'll uh, we'll need to do a little bit of recap at least on on uh, next week's show, so we won't forget about that. But until then, guys, appreciate you tuning into the podcast. Thanks for bearing with us as these few extra days. Again, stay subscribed to the Warzone, rate and review the show if you like what you hear. We'll be back at you next. Monday night, drop it Tuesday on the podcast. We'll catch you guys later.